0: every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Razorback fans, welcome in to the Hog Talk podcast. My name is Kyle Sutherland. I'll be joined tonight with my co-host Porter Hayes, and we are happy to be joined by the Razorback voice, the voice of Razorback baseball, Phil Elson, also of women's basketball as well. And Phil, I'll start off by asking you we're here just a little over a week of quarantining, and how are you spending your time with no sports?
0: I'm trying to stay as busy and active as possible, uh, and uh, I'm lucky to still have uh, my talk show, uh, Halftime on ESPN Arkansas Affiliates, uh, but uh, other than that, you know, this is a time of the year that I'm used to, to uh, traveling. At a moment's notice, March is usually the craziest month of the year, and I guess in this case it is too, just in a much different way. Life has uh, has slowed down or ground down to a, almost a virtual halt, and, uh, and without live sports to cover, uh, on a day-by-day basis, sports radio has has changed, uh, and and <laughs> and so I've uh, I've I've stayed in Little Rock. I've been uh, in. Uh, i've been in a house for the last i guess eight or nine days and i get out to run i get out to walk and the occasional trip to the store but i'm just trying to adjust to whatever this new normal is
2: well and phil you know this ain't something else you gotta adjust to as well you know you recently got your new co-host and so how has that transition been and has kind of the, the stoppage of sports, per se, helped you kind of grow that bond with your with your new co-host and, and getting all those wrinkles ironed out with the new show. You know, it, it, that's a good point you bring up, too, and it's interesting
0: because it was already going to be um, just fun to get to know somebody new on a day-by-day basis. Uh, you're referring to Matt Jenkins, who, who's been with us for a little more than a month, and Matt Travis, uh, who's producing and also is uh, kind of a third co-host on the show too. And it, th- this, this forces us to also make the show about something else, which isn't really, I think it's not a force previously, but radio shows are about relationships of the hosts sometimes, um, aside from the, the day-by-day topics that you might choose. And so we've been getting to know each other, uh, on on the show for the last couple of weeks, in a way that we probably wouldn't have had a chance to uh, if life was normal. So uh, that that that's definitely a a plan that I have to make this show a little bit different than it would have been. And that's just being forced.
1: And Phil, within the last week, there has been talks of possibly the MLB not just postponing their draft, but ending it all together, of course, to save money from revenue loss that they might that they would lose uh, just by not having the games because the season's supposed to start just here in a couple of weeks. Talk about your thoughts on that. If you think that that – I know it's really unpredictable at this point, but I'm, it's just really hypothetical right now. Do you really think that that, that that will get to that point, or do you think possibly it could be fixed – or if it gets fixed within maybe the next month or so uh, or two – well, by then, I guess by June is, is when the draft will be, but really, I guess my question mainly is, do you think that there's a very good chance of that happening? And then just completely throwing away the draft altogether.
0: I mean, I, I don't really know what to expect in the next two months and anything. And, and so, uh, with the uncertainty of, <laughs> of what life is becoming right now, <clears throat> I, I, I guess all bets are on the table, um. You know, I mean, if there's if there's no baseball season, which as of right now, I mean, that theoretically could be legit, uh, then, you know, the, the then maybe the game takes a complete pause for at least one season, which includes an incoming class of players, which creates a logjam, um, you know, at every other level of non-professional baseball uh, right down to high schools. And uh, I, I mean, I guess I'd be surprised if it happens, but right now I think all all bets are off on on things that we would think were reality to begin with um, so i don't I don't really know how to answer the question. it's not a thankfully it's not a decision I've got to worry about, but it's it's definitely something that I think could realistically happen,
2: yeah, and also you know with the 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 talk of not having the draft and if there's that possibility that they give players an extra year of eligibility and the new players coming in for the 2021 class. I mean, that that could create a huge bottleneck effect with the scholarships and with the players that were going to leave for the draft now possibly coming back. I mean, what huge effect could that have on just the whole landscape of college college baseball?
0: That's what I mean. I mean, the whole the, the everything gets a logjam uh, from from Major League Baseball all the way down. You know, it's like you lose a year of development, you lose a year of games, you lose a year of of uh, of um, <laughs> of players going up and, and players careers coming to an end. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're you going to add extra scholarships, are you going to add extra players on rosters, is there going to be uh you know, added eligibility. I think these are all legitimate topics. But you do have to remember that no matter how many more things you add, or try to uh, do to, to retain what's supposed to be in the idea of fairness, I guess, you can still only have nine players on the field at any one time. And in football, you can only have 11 on the field at any one time. You That's not going to change. So I mean, that's that's where this log jam will end up leading to, you know, I don't know uh, if it's a higher level of play or if it's just a matter that uh, players get diffused out because they want playing time and there's more playing time available at other lower level schools. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see what does happen.
1: Going along with that, Phil, I know again, we're of course just speaking hypothetically right now, but You look at Casey Martin, Casey Opitz, and Heston Kerstad in particular, and of course, expected to be very high draft picks, especially Martin and and Heston. So do you think that if this is to happen where you don't have a draft, do you feel that maybe right now, and again, I know you can't speak for them, but do you feel that maybe their mind pretty much is set on the big leagues and that would just really not be possibly something that they would be interested in next year just as long as you've been around the game do you feel that that could possibly be an issue if the, if it were to go that route I
0: mean if you don't have a draft then to me you're putting a moratorium on signing any new players for any level I mean the I think I think if a draft gets skipped that goes along with not signing international players and and American players aren't allowed to sign if there is no draft um, unless and 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 only at that point they can sign as free agents if they go through the draft and theirs and they don't get selected. So, uh, in that case, that's what I mean. Everybody gets held back a year. Then where do the where do the players play next year? They they stay where they were or they stay as college players for a year. Yes. Then um it you know <laughs> that that's the logjam that we're talking about. You know, Heston, Kerstad, Casey Martin, Casey Opitz should have all, you know, and Zebulon Vermilion, too. All these guys should have been able to have their professional careers begin, um, you know, once the Razorback season came to an end. But if there's nowhere for them to go play because Major League Baseball's putting a moratorium on any new players, then they're going to come back to Arkansas, I would assume. I mean, I don't. <laughs> otherwise, they're just going to sit out for another year. I don't think they would do that.
2: Yeah. And kind of switching, switching subjects, you know, how we were talking about earlier in the, in the interview about the, the relationships, you know, going off on you and Bubba's relationship and we've kind of seen over, you know, the past couple of years, that relationship grow. And now that has also come to a halt and, you know, between you and him going back and forth on the radio show. And plus with the halftime, I mean, that it's really been fun for me to listen to. And now it's kind of, come to a halt talk about you know what that also does you know when you're trying to build that relationship with a play-by-play guy and your color guy you know and now you you don't have that to uh go off of now well um i miss doing games with bubba
0: more more than anything right now as far as you know what i do professionally i love doing games solo but i really enjoy doing games with bubba um and we just we got lucky in that there was Chemistry and and um, a, and a thought that neither one of us was going to insult the other while we could just disagree and argue and have fun from the very first broadcast we we did together. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I, 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 he and I stay in touch. I mean, we 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 talk on the phone every week, and you know he comes on the show, and and I mean just because we're not going to do games this season. I fully intent on, <laughs> on there being a 2021 baseball season. And for Bubba and me to be back on the radio again, you know, this is just a, uh, you just have to keep the friendship up another way. And I think that'll happen anyway.
1: And Phil, of course, we weren't able to get into the SEC part of the season that's cut short, obviously just right before the Mississippi state series but during the beginning, the first seven games, everybody was obviously very excited. You start off seven and zero, then you go to Houston and have a really tough weekend there, and then of course you lose to Eastern Illinois. It was you don't you get on the the five game losing streak, but then they finished with a four game win streak. There was a lot of questions, of course, at pitching. But do you feel that just off the what sixteen games that was that it was that we saw? Do you really feel like that they were starting to figure it out? I'm not asking you to predict whether they were going to go to Omaha or anything but do you really feel like that they were really kind of starting to figure out exactly what kind of team that they had going into conference play and they were just going to get a lot of things turned around to give fans a lot of hope?
0: I think there were some glimmers of hope that were starting to show where you needed them. Uh, But there were also just as many potential question marks uh, as far as starting pitching was, which was going to be the big question right now Um, because you know, they'd had a couple of subpar starts from Patrick Wicklander and Connor had skipped the start and was you know, going to be coming back from, uh, from, uh, from what seemed like a mild oblique strain, but obliques are touchy in the world of baseball, especially for pitchers. Uh, and, and who knows how effective he would have been not to say that he wouldn't have gone out and had a great first game back against Mississippi state, but, um, you know, just because they were on a four-game winning streak doesn't mean they'd figured everything out. It just means they'd b- begun gotten that winning mojo back, and they were going to score runs. I don't think that was going to be the issue for this team. They'd leave some guys on base, base here and there, but really, I mean, they would score enough to win games that they should win. Um, the question was going to be starting pitching and, and, you know, who was ready to step into um, important roles in the bullpen, and I think that was just starting to maybe show signs of, of um of of, of being good <laughs> where you needed to be but it was way too early to know whether or not they were you know turning a corner you, there is no turning a corner coming into the sec baseball season that's when you find out that's when rubber meets road so we were about to find out if rubber was going to pass
2: the test so phil went you know when things get back to normal and you know all this calms down and and the players are back to get able to get back on the the field how i mean how long will it take to you know get these players back to 100 percent with the mechanics and the regiment and get back in that routine of you know everyday life and sec baseball
0: well i mean baseball is as routine of a sport as it as it comes to and i mean like you know a daily routine of a sport um it takes time to get that timing back and get arms in shape and um You know, but I mean, they know that this season's over, that it's they don't it's not that they're going to that they'll be able to come back in a month and a half or something and, you know, play some sort of a two month season. Our season's done right now. The only thing they'd be hoping for is that they'd be able to return together uh, and use the weight room and the Fowler Center and get ready for each of them to go out and play whatever summer ball they were going to play. Or if there is a draft for the guys to get ready to, you know, maybe go you know uh, go to a, a scouting combine of some sort you know that's the one thing about about the college and high school seasons being canceled for the major league teams is that they don't have anybody to scout right now you know they follow followed these guys for the last two years mostly but you know they're important decisions made in these last four months leading up to the draft that they don't get a chance to watch the kids so um as far as like, you know what it it takes, it probably takes at least like three to four weeks to be fully ready to play baseball in the way that it needs to be played. So hopefully they have that time and they can go play ball in the summer somewhere.
1: As we finish up, I want to switch gears to the other sport that you also commentate for being women's basketball and Mike neighbors has done a great job with what he's been able to do in, just completing his third season. And that's another one that was cut short at the heat of right as they were about to figure out their NCAA tournament seating. Talk about since really, I'm not sure exactly how long you've been the the play-by-play guy for them, but with what Mike Neighbors has done so far there, do you feel like next year, obviously this year was it was really nobody competing with, with South Carolina. It was just, they were just tough all the way around, including their bench, just the whole nine yards but do you feel like even next year with almost everybody ex- except for two, two players coming back, of course, one of them being toll free next year, they're even going to take that step even more and being a top four team in the sec, or maybe even one of the top two, possibly.
0: I think that they could be in the top four. They already were uh, this year. Um, so I don't see that th- th- there's not going to be a major drop off uh, for, for the team next year. Mike's got a good incoming class. Um, Gonna, they're going to be loaded with experience and depth, especially at, uh, at, at the, the, the one and the two and the three positions. Jalen Mason, who sat out all year, she's going to be able to return. And, uh, and that adds a, a whole other level of, uh, of leadership and game planning ability uh, for that team. Uh, South Carolina is going to be as good as they are for a while right now. Um, they, are, they are built to last. Uh, and I'm not saying Arkansas can't compete with them, uh, but, uh, they're, they're going to be a difficult team to plan for. And Mike definitely has them going in an upward trajectory. Um, they, they were a team that would have been a matchup nightmare, uh, depending on who they were slotted against in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and I think a run to the sweet 16 or the elite eight was not out of the question, maybe even a step farther than that, you know, depending if things went the right way. Um, Next year they're going to be really good. They're going to be really good. They're going to be dangerous. They're going to be exciting, and people are going to be fired up and ready to go, um, considering what was taken away from them this this year.
2: Yeah, and kind of going off of that, you know, just you being on the inside and covering the team and traveling team, just how hard was that on the team that you know they ha- were on a mission this year to make it to the NCAA tournament, getting you know by some me included. You know, snubbed out of the NCAA tournament last year. You know, how hard was that that they didn't get to, you know, the selection show and get to see where they were going and get the chance to compete in that NCAA tournament? Yeah, it's got
0: to be difficult for them because that's where, you know, they as a team together were working towards, um, and and uh, that's that's a that's a difficult thing to have taken away from you when it's right there in front of you. And you know, they'd they had two weeks between their last game against Carolina in Greenville and what would have been their first game in the NCAA tournament. So they had the week to rest and relax and ramp up. And at the end of that week, you know, the world was turned upside down and, um, and, and, and that disappeared right in front of them. So uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a difficult thing to take, Uh, you know, and I wasn't around them when, when the decision was made, I was around baseball and and those guys had their entire season taken away from them. I don't mean to try to compare uh, apples to oranges and, and and anything. I'm I'm happy for the women's basketball team that they had their full regular season. They've got a year that mostly happened <laughs> except the cherry on the top and and that sucks. Uh, the baseball team and all the spring sports they had they had a year of work wiped out and that's tragic but this is one thing I'm learning from here right now we're all we all have to sacrifice right now all the athletes had to sacrifice something you guys probably had to sacrifice something I am too we all have to um, there's nothing we can do about it life has changed and when when the sun peaks out again and normalcy returns whatever it is i bet you those athletes will <laughs> They won't. They'll they'll have the memories of things that were taken away from the movie. So damn excited to be back on the field again that they won't care about it. And I'll be right there with them.
2: Well, and like you said, I mean, I remember you hearing on the on the radio, you're talking about when you get this back. And uh, I believe it was in your uh, TV interview out of Little Rock when you're talking about when you get this back, you're going to cherish it. Just that much more. And I think all of us who cover, who who content, the players, the coaches, I think all of us are really going to, you know, really cherish what we have moving forward. That's true. That's true.
0: When things are taken away from you, you appreciate them a heck of a lot more. Um, you know, and, and I think it's interesting to look at it in some sense because an injured athlete that is forced to miss an entire season probably feels the same way, like what we're talking about. You know, th- th- this is a different situation, obviously, because this is a, a societal, uh, uh, upending, um, not just for one person and a single athlete, but, um, I hear the same thing from athletes who are forced to miss an entire year because they don't know what to do with themselves when they're not playing games, you know? And I think that that's what we're facing now too. So we find other, we find other things to take joy in, go for a run, read a book, sit around, have a conversation Look at nature. Um, I don't want to focus, right? You know, too too much on what's been taken away because I'm trying to figure out how to live life the way that I need to live it right now.
2: Yeah, we could sit and argue about foul pole, fair pole, and uh, three mm-hmm. up, three down, and striking up the side.
0: <laughs> that's right. It's, that's right. That's what I mean. I mean, you, they, you try to have a little fun with people here and there, and, and create a diversion of some sort uh, by uh, arguing semantics. For baseball terminology.
1: <laughs> all right, well, Phil, uh, I think that will just about wrap it up. Really appreciate you coming on and giving your thoughts. Of course, as you mentioned, you know, the two sports that you do the play-by-play for, we will never know what this season had to hold, especially mm-hmm. like you said, the, the girls were right there on the, the cusp of figuring out where they were going to be seated. And uh, it sucks, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, humanity is the safety of all, all humanity is what really does count. And so. Got to take it as it is. I agree with you. So, well, uh, for those, of course, that, that want to catch more Phil, if you don't already, definitely be sure to catch them. They're him and, as um, you said, it's Matt Jenkins and also uh, Maddie T, Maddie Travis. T. Matt, yep. Old Maddie T. We've known about him for years. And they're uh, 12 to two, uh, the halftime pod. And it's, it's Nani is it 95.3 is that right we're
0: 95.3 in Fort smith 96.3 hot springs and 104.3 in harrison and hit that line.com awesome. is the places to yeah. get those
1: yeah great content of course they have a morning show They got all kinds of great stuff and so be sure to catch them on there but that will do it here for us as always we thank you guys for tuning in for phil elson porter hayes my name is kyle sutherland we'll catch you next time on the hog talk